Welcome to the Wicked Wealthy Woman podcast. I'm Gina Marie, and I am your holistic success coach, here to help you heal, not hustle your way to success. I'm gonna show you how to discover and unleash the wicked wealthy woman you are inside. You'll be able to dream big, believe big, and become big as we heal, feel, and unleash the wicked wealthy woman you are. Hi, welcome back. I'm your host, Gina Marie. I'm so happy that you keep joining me here week after week. Today, we're talking about financial literacy in a big, deep, super cool way. I'm so excited to talk to Diana Greschuk today about this very important topic of finances in a way that may surprise you. It's powerful and so needed. I'm also so freaking excited because I know you my community, and I'm sure Diana's too, is going to benefit greatly from this conversation. It's under-discussed, yet so needed for women's true success. Why? Because so many of you are in the business of sales and service, yet so often when, especially women are in these types of industries, they are in it because they freaking love what they do, yet are not informed in an empowering way around finances. This is so crucial to your success. And a huge part of success is knowing, understanding, and having confidence with your finances. This is why I'm so super excited to introduce to you today, Diana is the CEO of Fan Your Flame LLC, a financial literacy coach and your best financial friend. Yes, she's epic. She is passionately committed to guiding entrepreneurs, businesses, and individuals to achieve a wide variety of financial goals. Diana utilizes pioneering methods rooted in practical financial concepts and mindset work to educate and empower her clients to achieve goals of financial independence, transformation, and abundance. Diana is a certified master mind magic practitioner and is a certified emotional intelligence practitioner. By day, she is a VP of funding, accounting, and finance at a private equity venture capital firm based in Los Angeles and holds an active certified public accountant, CPA, designation in the state of California. She's a seasoned investor, venture capitalist, and angel investor for aspiring female entrepreneurs with 20 years of experience in the financial services industry. Diana gives back to the community by volunteering as a board member for the Point Foundation, a nonprofit organization that empowers promising lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer students to achieve their full academic and leadership potential, despite the obstacles often put before them to make a significant impact on society. Epic A, Diana, you are epic, lady. Welcome to the show. I'm well, I am in good company because you're pretty epic yourself. Oh, I love you. I have goosebumps already and we haven't even started yet. Like, seriously. <laughs> you know Maybe what's you put on a jacket. <laughs> I love you. All right. This is like a super powerful conversation, you know, especially for me, because this was an area that I lacked in for a very long time. And it's not to blame myself, but to know that this isn't really talked about in childhood or it wasn't when we were growing up or even in school. Like we learned how to do a checkbook maybe, but 
um, these empowering conversations around having financial literacy, feeling empowered in this versus avoiding it because you're just scared and you don't know. So I just really want to jump in because I know for me personally, you have helped me tremendously by being my coach. And I really want everyone out there to experience you. Tell us, how can a female entrepreneur become more financially literate and why is that important? So to your point, I think earlier you were saying, you know, women are often in the business of being in their zone, right? Like we all have zones of where we really shine, our forte, what we do in the world. And very often it's not business. Most business people are usually men. Those are the ones that get the funding. You know, there are statistics out there that female venture-led entrepreneurs are only getting 2% of the financing that's available. It's ridiculous. And the disparity needs to be corrected. So for a financially literate female entrepreneur, it's important because it's going to increase the chances of success for her business to last a long time, right? So if we are on top of our finances, if we if we do a money date with ourselves and we know where we are, we know our goals and where we want to be, we can start working backwards from those goals to where we are and start taking steps to get there. And like you said, you've worked with me. You've come a long way. You know what it's like to be a female entrepreneur and you know how it changed the game for your business when you started working on your finances and your money story and your relationship with money. Yeah, that's huge right there. Your relationship with money. So you know, prior to doing all of this, you know, mindset work, personal development work, I was so oblivious to the importance of this. I just thought it was like, you know, you pay your bills, you try to make some money, you try to save some money. It was just so basic level. And then I started doing all this personal development work and mindset work, and it still wasn't around money. And I felt so stuck. And then once I had the clarity, so let me go back. I avoided it. I just avoided it completely. You're not alone. <laughs> right? right? Like, wait, do you see I avoided saying that? I avoided it. <laughs> so I literally did. I just avoided. I would just say that spreadsheets are not my thing. Tracking isn't my thing. And we all know that we can't grow what we don't track, right? Right. That was the narrative you created. And those were disempowering beliefs that you thought you needed to read a spreadsheet to be able to go, be good at handling your finances, which is not true at all. And yeah. so for a female entrepreneur, especially, it's important to begin building financial literacy. Start wherever you are. And it goes beyond spreadsheets. Look at what you're making, what you're spending, what assets you have, what debt you have, and get a full picture. And then you're making decisions from a non-emotional, rational state of mind once you know where you are on your dashboard. You yeah. can figure it all out. And that's how you can make really good decisions. And that's why it's important for women, especially, to be able to succeed out there because there's just so few successful ones. Yeah. And so empowering to know what those money stories are. I think that's what you just said, or I put that in my head that, you know, what are the money stories that you're telling yourself? I'm going to jump ahead and share about Diana's freebie that she's going to offer you. It's just so meaty and just is so full of great content to really help you gain that clarity of where you are in order to get where you want to go. 
You can't grow what you don't track. Your freebie is so inviting and so exciting to sit down and do it. And you call it, I think it's the the date date night with money. Is that what you call it's it? The money date handbook. Money so date what's handbook. a money date? A money date is go out on a date with yourself. Grab a glass of champagne, a cup of hot cocoa, whatever makes you feel comfortable and create a safe space to go look at your bank balance. Go look at your credit card balances, put the interest rates, the minimum payments, look at everything and put it down in this non-scary, non-spreadsheet PDF. And it's like a worksheet that you used to get in school. It's got pretty colors and it's got boxes. And so it lets you have it all in one place. And so then once you've gone on a money date with yourself, that's really about awareness. And that's where it's like getting financially naked with yourself. And maybe that's a little scary, you know, looking (laughs) in the mirror and seeing where you really are financially, but you're not going to get where you want to go if you're not honest with yourself and Mm -hmm. sitting down and tracking and having those conversations with yourself. Yeah. And what a great opportunity to change the relationship that you currently have with money by making it more fun and inviting and having a date. I love that. Awesome. So why is the most under-discussed component of a healthy money mindset, how you view cost versus investment? So Gina, I feel like you know the answer to this. This comes down to Gina as the person, as the podcaster, as the wicked wealthy woman entrepreneur, she's the asset. She needs to invest in herself. So when her development costs money, looking at it as an expense can make someone have a scarcity mindset. They'll clutch onto money. They don't want to spend on themselves. They're not viewing themselves as an asset. And when you are an asset, you are worthy of investment. It doesn't cost, it's investing in yourself. And so that is something that provides ROI, that provides returns. When you invest in yourself, when you get a credential, when you put money into your business, you're banking on future cash flows. And just the money mindset around viewing that this is a temporary outlay now, I'm putting money into this, I'm an investment and I'm going to grow and I'm going to generate returns on the back end then that is going to be the biggest game changer for your mindset because it doesn't just show money going out. It's not just an expense. It's going to come back to you and then some. And that's the abundance mind hack to that. Instead of viewing it as a cost, view it as an investment in yourself. Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, and I'm going to use the the flip side of that for people like me who, you know, because we come across all all different types, right? Everybody runs differently and some are afraid to invest in themselves because they look at it as a cost, right? And then there are the other people who are a little bit more like me, which you know, that I, I'm the opposite. I have no problem investing. I have no problem spending the money. However, it's the energy behind it is that whereas before I used to invest in myself because I thought I wasn't worthy enough because I thought I needed the next course or the next thing to fix me. But now since, so then that created that, um, the shiny object syndrome, right? And so then I was over investing and then stretching myself out and being stressed out in that way. But then look at that goosebumps, but then working with you and sitting there and putting this information down in black and white to be able to look at and see what am I investing in 
And what is the energy behind am I investing? Is it something that I'm coming from lack and scarcity that I need something to fix me? Or is it that this is, I'm really passionate about this. I really, and what do I want to use this information for? Is it to grow me and my clients? So it's like twofold. Is it, are you afraid to invest in yourself because you're looking at it as a cost? Or are you over-investing in the, in the way that you're trying to fix something that's not actually broken, right? Like, so I'm glad you brought up the energy behind it because yeah. as you know, as I know, energy is when you break it down to science, you know, the laws are, it can't be created or destroyed, simply transferred. And so the energy is always there. It always exists. And we're just giving it and taking it and breathing in and breathing out. It's an exchange. Yeah. It ebbs, it flows, it comes, it goes. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a rhyme for you. There you go. That's right. <laughs> But the energy is everything. And that lack and scarcity clenched, you know, energy behind something and not wanting to spend the money that doesn't feel good. But the, the trust that comes with investing in yourself and the ease and that ability to know, like, you know, like, you know, this will pay off. That's a totally different energy. And that is confidence. Yep. Love that. Yes. Right. It's so awesome. Okay. Awesome. How does redefining success impact your financial and emotional bottom line? I can't wait for you to go on this one. Riff girl. Well, Gina, I think it comes down to a lot of people measure success or define success by what they achieve, what they get, where they get to, if they're C-suite, if they're an executive, their CEO, their business is profitable and all these things. But I think on the inside, when I think about my definition of success, it's, am I feeling the way I want to feel? So like I can do all those things and check all those boxes, but is the energy behind it, good energy. And when it comes down to good energy for me, It's about how I'm feeling. For me, I want to feel passionate and grateful and limitless. And so if I'm not spending as many hours of the day in my passion, in my gratitude, and in my limitlessness, then that's not successful to me. And what that does is that creates success at an emotional level because I can connect emotionally to those words, to passion, to gratitude, not just at Thanksgiving, but all the time. Coming from a place of gratitude and recognizing what I already have, that's the signature of abundance right there because you've already received it. You're grateful for it. And that will fuel my passion to give back. And it becomes this infinity loop of my gratitude feeding my passion. And that infinity loop is limitless. Mm -hmm. And so for me, redefining success makes it about my emotional bottom line. Am I feeling the way I want to feel? And it's not just about money, because if I'm feeling the way I want to feel, the money's going to come to me. I'm going to be magnetic AF, and it is just going to come to me and be abundant. And that's how it's going to work. Yeah. I think, you know, what comes up for me, you're going to say that, you know, there's two things that I want to say. The first is, is the trust aspect of it, right? And so that what you were just saying about when you're in gratitude and then it fuels your passion and then the money just comes. But when we're in that lack and scarcity mode of not trusting and believing, then we get in scarcity and just we're doing things from the energy of lack and scarcity and we attract more of that. And so I think it's so powerful that you share that 
and really digging into the trust and the belief of a, of being abundant and then tying it into the emotional bottom line. Because I know I can speak to this in the way that I used to attach my worth to my checking account. And so, you know, from working with me, if I were to have attached, continuously attached my worth to my checking account, I'd be down in the ditch. And so when I finally learned that my checking account does not decide who I am. You're not worthless. You're priceless. Yeah. And I really want everyone to hear that because how many times do we, when we work with clients, we hear, well, what do you want? What, what is it? Your goal? More money. And now it's Why more money. What's that? Yeah. Why more money? Right. That's our question. That's our follow up. Why more money? But it's not to say that there's anything wrong with wanting money and wanting to make more money and shit tons of it, because I believe that this is the way that we create change in the world is by empowered women, women having shit tons of money. But the only way that we're going to get there is by detaching our value to what's in our bank account. Correct. And it's it's more than that, too. I'll give you a great example. One of my clients attached her worth and her ability to be a successful CEO to the way her business financials looked for tax purposes. Now, when you think about for taxes, you don't want to show a taxable income because you want to reduce your tax liability. If you have a taxable income, the taxing authority is going to want to tax that. And then you have to pay taxes. So a goal is to minimize your tax liability and therefore not show a profit. And so when she didn't show a profit in her financials, she made all kinds of meaning about what that meant about her as a person and as a business owner. And she shouldn't be doing this. She's not profitable. What is she thinking? She's not good at this. She should just stop and quit. It's like, no, 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 no. Back up. You want your P&L to be zero for tax purposes, okay? And that's going to be different than something else. And when you're investing in yourself, you're also then putting that money to work. So maybe you don't show profit because you're taking your profits and reinvesting them too. So it's just about what meaning you make of these things. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And, you know, another one to the meaning maker, right? You know, we could go down this rabbit hole for all day. I love it. But it's so true. You know, you also hear entrepreneurs talk about being really pissed off about having to pay those quarterly taxes because they made so much money and they they have to give so much of it away, right? Like, yes, we want to use our tax write-offs and benefits, but at the same time, we also want to use the story of look at how much fucking money you created. Be grateful that you have that to pay your taxes. Like, look at how fucking powerful in what you created versus fuck the government, I have to pay my taxes, right? It's just- And you got something for that from the government. Maybe it's your kids are going to a public school. Maybe your roads near your house don't have potholes because of those taxes. And that's the air of gratitude of thank you so much. You know, like when I pay my bills- I don't sit there in in that scarcity, clenching my money, writing checks. Like I'm sitting there, oh yeah, I do have a high utility bill this month because I needed the heat. It was so cold. Thank you for the heat. I will happily pay this bill. I got something. Thank you so much. Do you see me? How triggered I do. Okay. What's happening right right now? So I have to share this story with you. Talking about Papa, God rest his soul. Okay. Old money story. I have goosebumps. Literally, when he would pay a bill, 
he would literally bitch and moan about paying the bill. Ah, fucking phone bill, blah, blah, blah. It literally, I'm not even joking you, as he's writing the check, he would bitch and moan about having to pay the, like, like they, like he was doing them a favor, even though he was getting a service. And I remember having a conversation, I'm like, but dad, you're using their service. You're paying them for a service. You're using their service. Like you need to pay for that and be grateful for it. Right. But so it's like, literally, I think this is so powerful, something to go into that our money stories are so deep rooted from childhood, whether it's our pet and we don't even realize it, right? Like if I wasn't doing this type of work, I wouldn't have this aha moment about the stories that my dad used to talk about or my mom around money and paying bills. Yeah, you're creating generational change. You are flipping the narrative. Just because you learned it that way from your dad doesn't mean you have to be that way in your life. You can make new empowered choices. Right. And everyone can by doing this work. Like it's just so powerful. Oh my God. (laughs) Take the empowerment back versus the avoidance and being scared and, you know, I I can't wait for all of you to sit down and have a date with money with Diana's freebie. Ah, all right. Diana, how do you help women to build this confidence around financial literacy? Because I really think that even when you say the word for me, financial literacy, it can be intimidating, right? So how do you help women build the confidence around financial literacy? I like to think of it around, let's replace financial literacy and let's use an example of adult literacy. Let's just say an adult went through most of their lives, went through most of their life and didn't learn how to read, okay? And now as an adult, they really wanna learn to read, okay? It becomes building a fluency and taking the first step really to not be afraid to pick up a book, to start to read, to start where you are. And that confidence comes from being so sick of your own shit, of not being able to read, and you want to read, and you want to change. And so it becomes being so motivated that you just take that first step, and you pick up a book. And then the next day, you do it again, and again, and again, and you build that consistency. And suddenly, they're reading as an adult. They did the thing. That's what financial literacy is. It's learning how to speak, write, read, and converse in the language of finance and to know more than just the basics. Like I can remember, I can have the worst conversation with you in Spanish, if you like, from my high school Spanish studies. Like it's going to be the worst conversation in Spanish of your life. But I tried and I learned. And it's the same thing. Like you could have the basic financial literacy or you can up your game. And the confidence comes, number one, from being consistent and wiring neurons in your brain. You know, when he, when in that example, when he as an adult picked up a book to want to learn to read, that created new neurons in his brain forming new connections. And then you coat those neurons in myelin by doing it over and over and over again. And suddenly you've built a new habit and it confidence comes with reinforcing the habit and confidence comes from the trust. It comes from knowing where you are financially, having that money date, just the awareness of where you are, because you've probably never put all that shit down in one place before you can actually start to see 
relationships. You can see connections and start really taking your money game to the next level. And so when you have that visibility, when you have a dashboard of your money and you're doing consistent habits, literacy is education. It's it's learning to speak and read and write and do all those things. Epic way to make it a, a visual and not so fucking scary. I love that. It's just like picking up a book and learning how to read yeah. and creating change that you actually want in life. And I know there, are, you know, I'm, I'm going to just say this. I know I'm not alone. I know there's no way, like you said in the beginning, right. That I'm the only one who avoided finances, who lacked confidence in that area and used to just tell myself that I'm not good at money and lived in that low disempowering energy and therefore just ignored it. And then it snowballed over the years. Right. And so how cool that you get to change that story and that narrative that you're telling yourself and the small, easiest way to start is by getting Diana's money date handbook. So Diana, okay. There was one little other direction I wanted to go with you and I'm just Let's gonna, do this. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there. And so I know that you are certified. What is that certification and talk to me about that? Yeah. So what do we mean by trauma? I think a lot of people have a misconception that a trauma is an event. That's not really what trauma is. The event happens, okay? Maybe there's a car accident. Maybe there's a war, whatever that is. The trauma comes from how we process that event. It what It's what happens internally when we see the car accident or when we know there's a war going on. And it's what our body does. It's how it feels. Maybe we get anxious. Maybe we sweat a lot. Maybe we have short-term memory loss. The body does all these crazy things that is trying to protect itself as it responds to the event. That's the trauma. And being a trauma-informed financial literacy coach, all that really means is acknowledging that, Gina, you've had trauma. You've had trauma responses. I've had trauma responses. Every single person in the world has trauma responses. No one is without trauma. And it doesn't have to be as big a thing as a war. It could be when you were a little kid and you were thirsty and no one got you that cup of water. You could have a traumatic response to being denied water. It can be so little. And so just acknowledging that we all have that trauma that can create a lack of safety feeling in our body So I try to create safe spaces to talk about money because sometimes people don't feel safe talking about money. They're they're avoiding their avoidance like you, right? Because it doesn't feel safe. And so we want to create safety in the body when we talk about money because maybe you had old trauma from, you know, my dad was in and out of jobs when I was little. So I know there was a trauma response when my dad would get fired and we wouldn't have a lot of money and we would go into that scarcity place and they wouldn't have money for me to go do things as a kid and like have experiences or buy a present for a birthday party. And that created a trauma response in me. So money causes a lot of trauma with people. People have jumped out of buildings because of it. Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful that you're certified in that. And that's, you know, when you started to talk about it, I was like, yes, it's trauma isn't the thing. It's how your body responds. And I love that. And that's, you know, how that's how I use RTT, rapid transformational therapy hypnosis to help people to move through their trauma. And you were talking about it and right away, 
right away, an old story came up, a memory. And I think I shared this with you, working with you about the roller skates. Do you remember? Yep. Do it for your listeners. Let's talk about it. I have goosebumps. So I want to say I was between five and seven when the subconscious is still, you know, running the show, right? It's very much a video camera and you're taking everything in and making meaning. Oh, I remember wanting these roller skates. I think they were adjustable ones. I don't remember, but I wanted these roller skates. And I remember, oh, my poor mom. I remember being on the phone with her. I literally would get home from school and I would call her and I'd say, mom, did you get the roller skates? Can we go get the roller skates? And I remember hearing her voice. I remember hearing the sadness in her voice saying, Bean, I'm so sorry. We can't get them, but I promise next week. And then next week would come and the same thing would happen. You probably had a trauma response to that. It, it is so embedded in my memory. And, and I might not even be reciting it exactly the way that it happened, but that's the way that I remember it, right? And and then I also tie it in with promising. I take that seriously. I do not make a promise unless I know that I am able to hold to that promise. Otherwise, it's a maybe because I felt heartbroken that she promised that she would get them but wasn't able to. And then also I remember feeling guilty asking for them because I heard the sadness in her voice. And so it was that torn of being a child of wanting the thing that I wanted, but also feeling guilt around it because I knew that my mom struggled to get them for me. I knew she would get them for me if she could, but so it was like, it was in an internal battle and look and see how this ties into adulthood, that internal battle with so many different things, with spending money, feeling happy about it, but feeling guilty around it. Like so many things come up for me around that one story. And that how you processed that has influenced almost every financial decision you've probably ever made too, because your body contained and retained that guilt. It contained and retained all the feelings you felt back then, that, that guilt, that shame, that disappointment, all of it. All of it. And you internalized it. And then it made asking for what you wanted not safe. Wow. So mind-blowing. I think I'm going to need to do another RTT session on my roller skates. It actually came up in one of my RTT sessions that I did with somebody else. So I think there's another layer there to peel back. I love it. And that's what's really cool about what we do, too, also, is that this is all just like an onion peeling back layers, Right. Same as what, you know, you do with financial literacy. It's about peeling back the layers. And I love how you say that it's about making the individuals and the clients that you work with to feel safe, to be able to peel back those layers. That's right. And just because maybe you've dealt with something in one layer, it doesn't mean it may not come back again and again and again, like the roller skates. It can be embedded in multiple layers and go super deep. Oh, Diana, I love you so much. This is an amazing conversation. You know, I love working with you and chatting with you. How do people connect and work with you? Absolutely. So you can find me online. I have a website. I did not spend a bunch of money because she has a budget. So I bought (laughs) the domain www.fan-your-flame.com. I didn't want to pay for the lack of hyphens. So you can find me there. Also, you can check out my freebie that Gina was talking about. You can find that on www.disruptinginertia.com. 
I love it. And don't you worry, all of those links will be in the comments of the show comments. And Diana, I don't know that you're familiar with this part. I don't know that I shared, but we have a rapid round. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Hit me. Okay. All right. Here we go. I am a karaoke queen who can't carry a tune and don't care. I need to know your favorite song. Oh, the Divinals, I Touch Myself. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Touch myself. All right. I love that one. All right. <laughs> number two, give us one self-care tip you use regularly. Ooh. For me, self-care looks like moving my body. So I have a Peloton. I use it every day. Even if I'm not riding the bike, I'll do a meditation in the app or something. I'll do a strength class. I'll do some yoga, but I need to do my Peloton on the daily. I love it. Awesome. Fill in the blank. I am a wicked wealthy woman because. Ooh, I am a wicked wealthy woman because I help other women. I have what I have because I was supported and because people stretched their hands out for me and I hold the door open for other women that are going to come after me. Look, I'm getting a little teary. Oh my God, I love it. And you know what I visualized? It's the hand going down the mountain to lift somebody up when you were saying that. That's what I visualized for you. I literally do. You have helped me tremendously. I'm so forever grateful for you. I love you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star written review. This is the Wicked Wealthy Woman Podcast with me, Gina Marie. Remember, everyone, including you, is a wicked wealthy woman. You just need to unleash her.